Praise God, praise God. Certainly happy for everyone that's in the house of the Lord. And one more day to worship God and one more day to be in his presence. God is reaching out beyond the walls of this church into a community that is hungry for a change in their lives. And I certainly want to be ready for the move of God in this last hour. I'd like to teach today from the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We will begin with verse number 10 and read through verse 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Verse 14 said, Stand therefore. I would like to talk today in this lesson about the wrestling match. The wrestling match. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Savior, today we bring our hearts as empty vessels before your presence, our mind as receptacles to the will of God. I ask you to open our spirits today to receive what you would have for us, touching every life that is here for the glory of God. Firmly plant our feet in doctrinal truths, that the winds of doctrines would not blow us away, but bring to us a revelation daily of your presence, your will, your word for our lives. And we pray these things in the wonderful name of the Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I guess one of the jokes of some productions as far as the media is concerned or the sports world is concerned is the wrestling that uh, you read about often how it is put on or staged and, uh, and uh, fake. Um, as opposed to many of the other sports that probably really are competitive. But uh, uh, I don't know much about wrestling. I've wrestled as kids, but uh, never in the arena of professionalism. And uh, there's probably some interesting wrestling holes that you can uh, maneuver your opponent into that puts them into... Uh, um, a decapacitated um, mode where you can actually win or what they call pin somebody to the mat. And, uh, and it's interesting that Scripture picks up this word and uh, uses it as far as Christianity is concerned. And, uh, but with this wrestling match, there is uh, no fake or no staged uh, environment. It is something that's very real in our world today. And in fact, if you look at it in the sense of wrestling in our society, our entire world seems to be wrestling with things uh, that they don't really understand. Um, some may be wrestling with confusion in their mind and, uh, and wrestling with uh, 
decisions that they need to make. And so when you can look at it in that sense rather than just two people wrestling themselves to the mat and trying to pin somebody to the mat to win uh, a particular medal or belt or, or whatever the prize would be, there is a deeper sense that the Scripture brings out that we do not wrestle in that same arena of flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against one another, but uh, there is an arena that we, that we do wrestle in, and that is, of course, against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are areas that we are seeing more evident as time goes on that there is real struggles going on. Probably uh, many of the struggles of our nation through its birth and, uh, and growth and development to the day that we now live uh, has gone through many times of wrestling and dealing with things. But it just seems, and it could be, that that uh, it's because we have easier access to knowledge and we are able to read more about things and uh, uh, the press and books and internet and things that bring us news and events that are happening possibly could make us more educated to the things that are happening around us. But it just seems like uh, to me that in my lifetime uh, that uh, we are wrestling politically with things today and spiritually in our nation that we have not wrestled with or for or against uh, um, <clears throat> for many years. And it just uh, it's a development that is coming on forceful against uh, the church. And uh, we've always questioned uh, political parties concerning their religious uh, leanings and what have you. And I remember in the 60s, the Kennedys was introducing the first Catholic president. Now we're uh, looking at Mormonism and uh, we're looking at uh, um, Huckabee, which is a uh, Christian from the South. And, uh, and the questions that keep being uh, that keep arising with these things are causing people to wrestle with things that possibly they uh, wouldn't otherwise wrestle with. And of course, anytime there is a Christian uh, politician from any stripe, um, they uh, they bring themselves to a focal point in society. And there's certain parts of our society that become fearful that uh, we could become a theocratic type of government and uh, that religion would rule, and certainly the Founding Fathers had some principles about that in uh, fleeing the, the uh, tyranny of uh, the King uh, of England and also the, the religious uh, force that was in the country at that time, and they came to America and established a country with freedom of religion, which I totally believe in, and uh, that everybody should have a right to worship in the way that they worship. I do have trouble with some religions that take literally uh, some scriptures that talk about fighting war and killing or whatever and put it into a literal sense uh, and try to destroy innocent people 
and uh, affect them in that way. And I do have trouble with those type of religions, of course. But, uh, but our world is in the throes of, of spiritual awakening as well as uh, a very clouded vision and view of religion. And uh, we are faced with many, many options today. And so I felt impressed today to preach about this wrestling match that we have uh, against principalities and those principalities of course can be we, we sometimes call cities or city involvement as principalities and uh, they are uh, governmental agencies or what have you but in this in the spiritual sense it talks about the dominions of hell or the demons of hell that are turned loose on our world and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about demons and devils today, but just to tell you, there really is uh, two gods uh, in our world, and one is the god of this world, and his name is Lucifer, Satan, the old dragon, um, the old serpent, four different titles, basically, many others that could refer to him. And uh, then, of course, there is the god of eternity, uh, Jesus Christ, who has given to us liberty, and uh, and it seems as though one is the aggressor, and that would be Lucifer. He, God Himself, is not necessarily an aggressive God. He waits on you to believe, acknowledge, and accept, whereas the God of this world seems to force and push. Uh, its environment, and on the surface, you may think that that God is winning the war or the wrestling match, and on the surface, it may look like that if you look strictly at numbers and people and possibly even the prosperity of the wicked, but ultimately, underneath, we know the ultimate winner of all things and the ultimate end result of all things if we will keep in memory and we will fight the good fight of faith and be able to lay hold on eternal life. And so Paul was identifying the crisis as being not political, but against certain principalities of powers and dominions, uh, against the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. He identified it as spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, and so it, it moved it from a physical battle or a physical wrestling match uh, of uh, two people or groups of people or individuals joining together and wrestling physically against one another and put it into the spiritual realm where we have an aggressive personality called Satan or Lucifer, the old dragon, the serpent, uh, that uh, is aggressively attacking our world uh, and uh, especially attacking this younger generation. It is, it is amazing to me to see the, uh, the younger generation caught up in the drug culture. And, uh, of course, it was started a long time ago when, uh, when tobacco became uh, the rage of adults and, uh, and really became a, a strong force of society where almost everybody in our world uh, became a participant in, in large percentages, uh, smoking and using tobacco in that sense. And it was a form of a drug. And, of course, alcoholism uh, <clears throat> was a form of a drug. And the addictions of those uh, uh, entrenched our society for many years until suddenly they began to realize some of the 
the uh, physical problems and the health problems that came with those behavioral sins and uh, and now, of course, the tide seems to be turning somewhat on the use of tobacco and, uh, and even sometimes in the use of alcohol. At least they're trying to say they want to use it only in temperance. But, uh, but all of that brought a society of addictions that a younger generation picked up on and noticed. Uh, and, uh, and then they went farther with it. And now we're having uh, a baby boomer generation that has been entrenched with recreational drugs and many of them saying they're not addicted to them, they're weekend warriors. Uh, uh, but uh, but there's, there's a real wrestling match going in, on in their minds for some way to have pleasure and balance that against common sense. Uh, and so many times the weekends are caught up with a pleasure-seeking society that has to go through the process uh, uh, during the week of saying to themselves, uh, you know, what are we going to do this weekend and uh, how are we going to pleasure the flesh this weekend? And so the wrestling uh, uh, of their own spiritual endowments and the, the fleshly endowments of life uh, begin to wrestle within them and they they wrestle with the fact that they know they should not do this uh, and they should do that uh, and ultimately the carnal side seems to be winning the the battle for the soul of mankind uh, and I I want to preach today if God would help me from Jesus' own words to bring you a little insight uh, about winning the wrestling match uh, in the spiritual realm. Jesus made these remarks in the book of Luke chapter 13 and verse 22, and he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. It was his ultimate goal, of course. He was headed towards Jerusalem. There's a whole message in that, and God's whole plan was ultimately to end up in Jerusalem and there die for the sins of mankind and there establish a New Testament church. But uh, one came to him in this uh, journeying process and asked him a question. And that question was, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. And uh, when I read that again this week, it, uh, it refreshed my memory that this wrestling in the spiritual realm, the striving to enter in at the straight gate, it is, it is opposite. It seems as though there is an, an aggressive adversary of the soul and a passive society that won't stand up for what's right. As Christians, it seems like it's the other. We have a, a passive God that, that doesn't force you or try to malign you or threaten you into living for him. He simply has laid it out, and it's up to you to choose. And so if I could use these terms for understanding today, we have an aggressive God of this world and a passive society that won't stand up against him. And uh, we have a, a passive God in the sense of uh, he doesn't force us to do anything, but we should have an aggressive church. Striving is an aggressive term. And so 
it just seems as like, like it's a complete opposite of, of opponents, if you want to use that term for understanding. And, and the followers of each seem to be on different wavelengths. Uh, and uh, our world is just, they, they just follow into every trend that comes. It's, a, it's amazing to me to hear young people say, well, I want to be different. I, I don't want to be just what... Christianity is. I want to be different. I want to be my own person. And then when you see them, they follow the patterns of the world. If it's one path or pattern of, of fashions, that's what they fall into and they follow. And yet all the time trying to say that, that they want to be their own person. Well, it really shows up that they're passive in the sense that, that they don't aggressively follow. They just fall into the trap of whatever the world is doing. That's where they follow in every generation, no matter whether it was alcohol in the turn of the last centuries and, and tobacco, or whether it's the recreational drugs or prescription drugs or whatever it is of our society today. It, whatever changes, it becomes their mode of, uh, of living. They just fall into that trap. And yet on the other side, we have a God that says, here, I prepared all of this for you, and I, I have some great things in store for you, uh, but you've got to believe me. Uh, I'm not going to put you into a straitjacket. I'm not going to try to get you into a mode of, uh, or a mold and then try to make you be something. Uh, you have to get a hold of this yourself. And so that means that it turns to where a people have to become more aggressive than, uh, than the God that we serve because God simply is not going to force you to live for him. He simply is not going to put you in a straitjacket. He doesn't want that. The ultimate plan and vision of God is to find somebody that would believe him and love him for who he is and what he has done for us. And that puts us into the aggressive mode of, of striving to enter in. When you fall in love with Jesus Christ because of what he has done for you, you become the aggressor then. It is you that takes the gates of hell and storms the demons of hell. And Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. Uh, he didn't say that he's going to call 10,000 angels and we're going to have all these kind of things uh, uh, floating around. He says we have to strive uh, and we have to learn what it is to wrestle in the right arena and against the right um, uh, uh, opponent and, uh, and we're not wrestling against the flesh and blood. We're not against somebody. If somebody doesn't want to live for God that's certainly their choice. Uh, they passively fall into the mode of the world and they wind up doing just whatever the world does. Uh, it's not long you see them in that rut and that groove uh, of what the world is doing. And, and so the church has to strive more than ever before to be what God wants us to be because he's not going to make us do it. Uh, in fact, uh, he only gives us the ability to follow him and then he inhabits uh, what we do. Uh, he dwells in the presence of what we strive to attain to. Uh, I hope I can get this across to you uh, to help you understand why in this last day that God is looking for an aggressive church, a church that's not ashamed of who he is, a church that's not ashamed of his name, a church that's not ashamed of his doctrinal truths. And so he said, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. And that lets me know that they just can't get out of the rut. They just can't get out of the quagmire of sin and confusion. They just can't get out uh, 
of the defeatist attitude that the world has put upon them, uh, that you have to fall into the trap uh, of following the fashions of society and the mode of society. I'm so glad that God has liberated his church. Uh, I'm so glad that God has given us a choice. Uh, I'm so glad that we can stand in an apostolic service uh, and lift our hands and love him uh, and worship him because we love him. Oh, hallelujah. It's not a drudgery. It's not. How many of our world on Monday morning said, you know, I know I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't go there. I shouldn't participate in that. Man, I, I barely made it out of that predicament. Uh, and by Friday, they're back in it. Uh, but how many true apostolic Christians go home uh, on Sunday night and arise on Monday morning uh, and say, I can't wait for this week to come. Uh, I, but they're not saying, oh, I'll never do that again. There's a difference, see? There's a difference in, in God's followers uh, and his adherents uh, than the God of this world. The God of this world constantly. How, how many of you ever, just to prove what I'm saying, how many of you ever on a Monday morning said, I'll never do that when you as a sinner? You just said, I'd never do that again. How many of you as Christians has ever said on Monday morning, I'll never have another Sunday night service like that? My. You see what I'm saying? We have to become the aggressor. Uh, the enemy would like to destroy every bit of faith and every bit of hope in us uh, because Monday morning, who's at the door knocking? It's the spirit of this world. It's the God of this world tormenting you about things. But, but you don't hear Christians saying, oh, I'll never have a Sunday night service like that again. I'll never. No. You know what we're saying? Can't wait to get to Thursday night. Can't wait to get to prayer meeting. Can't wait to open my Bible. Can't wait to pray. Can't wait to worship God. There's a difference in us uh, and our opponents, hallelujah. And so we've got to take this to a different level instead of opposing people, uh, those that are aggressively doing jihad or whatever they're doing, uh, whatever they call it, they're aggressively working against flesh and they're blowing things up. Uh, I, I have very little patience with them uh, and uh, what have you, but I do have a real deep understanding today that God wants us to wrestle in a different arena. He wants us to fight in a different arena, and that's why every service we come to church we ought to be fighting in the Holy Ghost uh, for the lives and souls of individuals. Uh, dev the devil, the God of this world, uh, he is taking people at his own will. Uh, in the book of 1 Timothy, look it up for me, just came to my mind, 1 Timothy 2.26, I believe, uh, and the first one gets it, just start reading and I'll stop. There's a, there's a real power going on in our world, a real power struggle going on in our world, uh, and we can't sit back and be passionate Passive, read. 2.26, I think. Second Timothy. What? That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Does it say his own will or his will? His will. See, that's the aggressive personality of the God of this world uh, that just takes people captive and just gets a hold of them. But my scripture teaches me that Jesus took captivity captive. 
So he went to the very pits of hell and said, you're not going to be able to do that for those that are, are turning towards me. And so the wrestling match goes on, and the aggressiveness of the God of this world is just literally taking people against their will. And I believe that. Some people willingly walk. Some people passively follow. But, uh, but there's a, an aggressive leader. There's an aggressive personality there. And, uh, and we need to recognize that it is the church that needs to be aggressive. It's the church that needs to t- storm hell and take account of lives and say, you know what? In prayer right now, I'm going to pray until I have interceded and touched heaven. I'll never forget the story Brother Free told in a message that he preached. And Brother Lazenby often reminded me of it in a certain times throughout messages we hear. But it was the little old mother that sat on the back of the porch after an argument with her dad and a son. And the dad walked away and this or the, the dad uh, kind of ran the boy off. The boy went off in, in rebellion, but the mother stood on that back porch and sat in that rocking chair and prayed every day and promised God and said, you, you promised me you would save my boy. I want you to bring my boy back. And, and one day he walked in the house because she got aggressive with God. She got aggressive with the powers of darkness uh, and said, you're not going to get my boy. Uh, and I'm telling you, in this world that we live in today, a church needs to learn how to pray aggressively and fight the battle against the world of confusion until we conquer and win. God has given us the ability, but we have to put it on. God has given us the gifts, but we have to open them and use them. God does not put us in a straitjacket. He doesn't force us. But I can tell you what, he will give us the power that we need to wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. He's given us the armor to put on and sends us out with something on the inside of us but it's us that has to wield the sword and it's us that have to fight the battle and he gave us the aggressive power of the Holy Ghost Paul wrote these words in a little different slant but yet in the same aggressive mode for us as a church he said know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize so run that you may obtain don't sit back and wait for God to do everything. Don't sit back in a service and wait for God to to knock somebody off of their feet. I'm telling you, he doesn't generally do that without the church becoming aggressive uh, and taking a hold of the spirit of that service uh, and saying, devil, you're not going to reign in this congregation. Uh, You're not going to reign in this service. Uh, In fact, Jesus is our Lord and we're going to take control of it. Oh, hallelujah. Run that you may obtain. For every man that striveth for the mastery is temporary in all things. Now they do it, speaking of the earthly battles, they do it to obtain the corruptible crown, but when we're wrestling in the spirit and we're wrestling against the powers of darkness, we're doing it to receive an incorruptible crown, a power beyond us, a power beyond the world. So the 26th verse of the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians said these words, and every man that strives for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they that do it obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight 
I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that at any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul recognized there was something about the mastery and mastering the conquering spirit and becoming aggressive in the battle. He said, I'm going to run, but I'm not going to run as uncertainly. I'm not going to run and just follow the crowds. I'm not going to run just because they're running. I'm going to run because I intend to win. And when I fight, I'm not going to fight just to fight for the flesh. I'm going to fight not as one that beateth the air, not the one that wastes his efforts, but I'm going to fight that I may win and overcome. And then he brought it into the spiritual sense for us as a body. And he said, I keep under my body. And here's where the real wrestling match goes on. Individually, you're going to have to struggle and fight and strive to keep your body under control, to bring it under subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself will be a castaway. Can I preach to you today, church? It's going to be worth the battle that you go through to get ready for church. How many times has it been that families get into an argument just trying to go to church? There's an argument that arises. That's not from God. And a lot of times it's really not from you. It's the aggressive God of this world that doesn't want you in the house of God. But I think it's time for us to get aggressive with the devil and the God of this world and say, you know what? I'm not going to fight with my wife, my kids, and my family. We're just going to go to church and have peace because we're going to be aggressive against the attacker of our soul. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel a great move of the Holy Ghost today to let you know that God has given you the power, but he doesn't make your arms move. He doesn't make you pick up the sword of, uh, of the Spirit. He doesn't have, force you to pick up the shield of faith. Somewhere you have to get aggressive and take it by storm and take it by force and take it with an aggressive attitude. I'm not going to be cheated out of today. I'm not going to be cheated out of this service. I'm not going to be cheated out of worshiping God and receiving the benefits of God. I'm not just going to sit by and let whatever happens happen. I'm going to make it happen because I'm in the house of God and I'm going to get an aggressive mode and say, devil, I am against you. I'm against your ways. I'm against your tactics. I'm wrestling against you right now. And I'm going to get you in a hole that you cannot put me down and pin me to the mat. I'm going to get up and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to conquer my children. I'm going to conquer the spirits of this world. I'm going to overcome the darkness of this world. I'm going to become a victor because you've given me the power. I'm going to strive with everything that's in me. I'm going to fight with everything that's in me. I'm going to overcome with everything that's in me because you've given me an aggressive spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You've given me the ability to win. You've given me the ability to overcome and I'm going to take hold of it. I'm going to lay hold on it. I'm the one that's going to strive in the spirit. I'm going to conquer the attacks of the enemy. I'm going to overcome the devil. I'm going to win. Oh, hallelujah. And so Paul said in 1 Timothy 2 and 3, he said, Now thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to say this to bring condemnation to anybody, but every once in a while you hear somebody say, Well, I'm tired of fighting. See, that's another sign that, that the aggressive God of this world 
puts us into that mode that we have to fight. God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to give you eternal life here in this life. He says, no, you're going to strive for it. We're going someplace. On the other side, when we get there, we're going to be kings and priests with him. If you don't know how to fight a little temptation of the devil today and overcome the God of this world today, how are you going to rule with him and reign with him? It's worth the battle. It's worth the struggle. It's worth getting yourself ready and getting to the house of God. It's worth talking to a sinner about their condition. It's worth passing beyond the embarrassment or the fear or even the pride of talking to somebody and telling them, hey, we have the best church going. I'm telling you where the Holy Ghost is moving. You need to come with me. We need to be aggressive. We need to get a hold of who we are and say, hey, our church is the best church. It's the best thing going. Not running anybody else down. That's not my point. Don't even go there. I'm just talking about us. We have the best thing going because we have God. We have the best church uh, because we have the Holy Ghost. Uh, We have the best doctrine in the world. Uh, In fact, there's no doctrine that can even come close to to the apostolic doctrine. Uh, It's based in the mouth of two or three witnesses uh, and we need to get aggressive with the doctrine. Uh, We need to get aggressive with the truth. Uh, We need to put the devil in his own confines uh, and send him back to the pits of hell where he came from and said, you're not going to torment our families. Uh, You're not going to torment our homes. Uh, We're going to overcome and we're going to win. We're going to win this rally wrestling match. We're going to pin the devil and we're going to overcome and make it to the glory land. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. 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 So they say, oh, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Well, let me tell you, what you how you can overcome that tiredness because see, again, God is not the aggressive God. You have to believe him. You have to trust him. You have to follow him. The devil's the aggressor. If you just sit down in an apostolic church, you'll wither away, I promise you. Because the aggressor is the devil. God says, get up, stand, fight. So we have to strive. And so here we are in this day, and it's all around us. I know the battle is all around us. And and we can say, I'm tired of fighting. But let me tell you how God speaks to our heart. He said, with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people, saying this is the rest. Tired, tired. Oh no. You want to get rested? Start having apostolic church services and you'll be rested in the Holy Ghost and you'll be able to go out and fight the enemy. It's called joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, hallelujah. If you're tired of fighting, how about the joy of the Lord is our strength? How about getting some excitement about who we are instead of trying to say, well, God, get me out of this mess. God, fix this. God, why don't you stand up like a man? The Bible said, equip yourself like a man and say, devil, I'm tired of you running my family around. I'm going to take my home back. I'm going to take my own mind back. I'm going to get control of my mind. I'm going to gird up the spirit of my mind, the loins of my mind. I'm tired of you picking on me, devil. I'm going to win. Just get close enough and I'll get a hold of you and I'll put you down and I'm going to exalt the name of the Lord Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands right now and just exalt the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise God, praise God. We have, 
the clearest and most precise doctrine of any church in the world. He said, great is the mystery of godliness because so many people are concerned about earthly understanding. And so when they talk about God, they wrestle in their own minds with, with how can God be three and one and how can God be there and here? And, and, and it's so simple when you understand that God is everywhere. And John 4, 24 said, God is a spirit. Quit wrestling with Trinitarianism. That's a man-made philosophy. It's not in the Bible. You don't have to wrestle with that. The purest doctrine is in the Bible that said, God and I, I and my Father are one. You don't have to wrestle with that. Let the Scripture talk to you. Uh, and you can understand that God is a spirit. Uh, and because he is a spirit, he cannot be seen. Therefore, he doesn't have a right hand anywhere. He's a spirit. The right hand talks about power. It talks about representation of authority. And the Bible makes it plain that thy right hand, O God, has become glorious in power in Exodus 15 and 6. It's the beautiful, most beautiful doctrine of the Bible to understand that God didn't have to separate himself from anything to become the Son of God. He just merely had to adapt to a woman. And out of the womb of a woman, he brought forth a son. And he moved into that sonship. And he became a human being never leaving who he was as God. And he dwelt among us. Oh, hallelujah. You don't have to wrestle with that doctrine. All you have to do is let the Bible talk to you and you can find out that the mighty God became flesh. And that's why he said, great is the mystery of godliness. A God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was believed on in the world and received up in glory. God was because God is a spirit. Oh, hallelujah. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You don't have to wrestle with the doctrines of our world. Let God speak to you through his word. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4 and 4 said there's one body, Jesus Christ, I add, one spirit, God, I add, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord. Doesn't that agree with Deuteronomy 6 and 4? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You don't have to wrestle with that doctrine. The Trinitarian doctrine is so confusing. One of their greatest writers said, if you don't believe the Trinitarian doctrine, you'll lose your mind. If you don't believe it, you'll lose your soul. And if you try to figure it out, you'll lose your mind. What a predicament they put us in. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad to tell you that this is one of the most pure doctrines of the Bible, who Jesus Christ really is. He left his, his spiritual ambitions and invested it into a human race and said, I'm going to come and die for you if you'll just believe me. And that's why we have to become an aggressor today. We're the sons of God now, John said in 3 and 2. Beloved, we are now the sons of God. And it doesn't not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when we shall see him, we shall be like 
him. Not them, but him. Oh, hallelujah. And when we see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him like he is. That one that came to die, that one that was born in a manger, is now transformed. And Zechariah said, oh, these are beautiful words. They're going to look on me whom they have pierced. Oh, hallelujah. And when Jesus Christ arrives, you don't find three white horses. You don't find three men coming out of the clouds of glory. You find one who sat on one throne, riding one white horse, splitting the clouds of glory because it's God manifest in the flesh. You don't have to wrestle with that Trinitarian doctrine. Come on, let's get aggressive and let the devil know you've confused people too long. We have a truth that the world needs to hear about. We have a truth the world needs to experience. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 3. As also in all of his epistles. Let me back up just to catch the content. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 15. An account that the lost suffering of our Lord is salvation. Don't get tired. Don't give up. The long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest or wrestle with as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not wrestling against flesh and blood. I love every individual. I want to see every individual saved. But if people are wrestling in their own wills against scriptures, we as Christians have to be aggressive with the word of God. Not condemning somebody to hell necessarily, because that's always the question those that are wrestling with scriptures want to say, well, do I have to speak in tongues? Do I have to receive the whole? They're wrestling with that. <laughs> Am I not saved because I believe this? And, and they're wrestling. They would never have to question. I remember, I remember Brother Norris, Sister Debbie, when he came to God many years ago, came to our altars and prayed through to the Holy Ghost, uh, and, uh, and he was Nazarene, a good man, uh, and he wanted to do right. Uh, he was very good to us before he ever came to church. Uh, he helped our building project, and he put air conditioners on the building. And, but one day, he started coming to church and brought Debbie, his daughter, and, and uh, he started seeking the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, that day that he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he was baptized in Jesus' name. I'll never forget it. He told me, he said, Brother Frost, uh, he says, now I know I'm saved. No longer had to wrestle with that. No longer had to wrestle with, well, am I saved or not? And, and I, I went to a, a service one time, and, and these folks had come to our church, the Rocha family, some of you may remember, and uh, their, his mother passed away, and we went to her service, and 
that service, we heard all of the wonderful things that she had done. Every morning at 6 o'clock, she came to the church, and, and she cleaned the, the, the vessels, and she took care of the, the grounds. And, and I, I, I mean, just on and on was the praise of this lady, and so faithfully in communion, and so faithful in confession, and so faithful. And, 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 and I thought she, she was really a good woman. But when it was all over with, the man that's supposed to be pastor said, but we don't know about the departed souls. And so Monday evening, we're going to have a purgatory mass for departed souls. Now, again, I'm not fighting people, but they're still wrestling with whether they're even saved or not. They don't understand what it is to be saved. When you're saved, you may not be saved as far as the kingdom of God and getting into heaven and not fighting the devil anymore, but I'm telling you, you can know that you're saved and you don't have to wrestle with the spirits of darkness. You know you can overcome sin and addictions. You know you can overcome temptations. And if you do fall as a saved person, he said, my little children, I write unto you that you sin not. But if you do sin, we have a advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Oh, hallelujah. I know that if I fall today, I'm still going to remain in the kingdom of God because he made approach for me to come before him and say, God, I'm sorry for that. I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to sin. And that's where the mercy of God picks me back up and the grace of God comes along to teach me to deny those things uh, and I stay in the realm of the saved. Honey, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, I'd like to address the very aggressive God of hell and let him know you're not going to torment me and you're not going to intimidate me you're not going to frighten me you're not going to confuse me I'm not wrestling about who Jesus is I'm not wrestling about where I was saved I'm not wrestling about my sins I'm not wrestling about the confusion of the world I know who I am I know his name and his name is above every name I know where I belong I belong in the house of God I'm not going to wrestle with the doctrines of man I know the truth and I know the Bible and the Bible will answer every question you have. Scripture will interpret Scripture. There's so much to say but I can tell you God in one moment if you'll just listen to him and believe him he'll begin to reveal himself to you and he'll release you from the problems of doctrine and of our world and the dogmas of men and the confusion of man and set you at liberty. Oh hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the truth? He that knows the truth the truth will set him free. Let's stand together. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I hope you've caught it. I've repeated it enough. It's not God that becomes the aggressor. It's us. Even at Calvary, he was not the aggressor. And they attacked him. He just said, thou sayest, unto this end was I born. He wasn't the aggressor because he knew what he was doing for the body of Christ so that we could fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. I hope today that I've helped you understand that when you walk in the doors of a church, it's the battleground of the soul and the mind 
And the devil liked to sit on the congregation of the righteous. He doesn't want you to worship. He doesn't want you to give up the old lifestyle. He doesn't want you to get rid of the things of the world. And so he sits on you so you can't feel God. We need to pray the chains of darkness off of every service every time we come together. There's somebody in this building today that needs deliverance in their soul from dogmas and doctrines and problems of sin and confusion and temptation. And the only thing left in our world that's going to be right is a church. Political parties are messed up. Government is messed up. History is messed up. Uh, colleges are messed up. They're, they're, not, they're afraid. They're intimidated by the God of this world. Uh, but thank God we've been set free. Oh, hallelujah. We're not going to fight institutions as it says. We're not going to fight into individuals, uh, but we are going to fight in the spirit, uh, and we're going to conquer, and everybody that comes in contact with us ought to feel the power of God, because we have prayed, uh, and we've laid hold on eternal life, uh, and we have no doubt in our mind what we're doing, uh, and if we get tired, we're coming to the house of God for renewal. Uh, when we get tired, uh, we're going to worship our way to victory, uh, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, don't tell me you're getting tired uh, until you've talked in tongues uh, and had some joy come back in your soul. Don't tell me you're tired of fighting the devil until you've aggressively got a hold of the Holy Ghost and let it get a hold of your spirit. Don't tell me you're tired until you've rejoiced in the Lord where the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands and rejoice, would you? Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we've got the power in the name of the Lord. The Satan rages, we will not be defeated. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Sing it, church. Sing it. name of the Lord.
inside of us for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world you gave that to us in the word of God though we do not attack men or personalities we stand firmly in the biblical principles of truths that are so right for this hour in a world that has let themselves flow into the intimidation of interest groups and special interest groups and let themselves fall into the trap of accepting every immoral deed and every immoral act. We as a church will stand strong. We will vote on Christian principles. We will stand for Christian principles. We will let the Holy Ghost reign in our hearts and we'll be aggressive in the Holy Ghost. Every service is a birthing center. Every service is a struggle to get a birth in the kingdom of God. Every service we're going to fight the good fight of faith and overcome the world. Oh, hallelujah. Here is one that's hungry for God. Hallelujah. If we could just learn the beauty of wrestling in the spirit, we're going to overcome some tormented hearts and disturbed souls. Hallelujah. Those of you that would come and help pray, would you find a place here to pray? And the rest of you, don't forget service tonight, another evangelistic service where the Holy Ghost is going to conquer. Oh, hallelujah. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Not be. 